Welcome to this month's episode of the World of Roofing podcast, hosted by John Kenny of Cockney Consulting and Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com, where we will introduce you to a new roofing industry artisan from around the world. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. I'm John Kenny with Cockney Consulting Group. I am joined once again with my co-host, Andrew Rowley, RoofMapping.com. And if you haven't had a chance... To go out and check out roofmapping.com, you absolutely must. There's more and more going on there every day. Andrew, I am absolutely amazed the amount of roofs you're getting on there from all over the world. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's great. Uh, But yeah, there's always room for more. So if you're listening and want to get your roofs on there, please contact me. It's what a great way to record of history. I, I, I can't imagine how important this is going to be decades from now when you can go back and look at all this and start updating the records on roofs and uh, I'm still working on my project. I'm going to get you a lot more historical stuff, especially back in the back in my old part of my career. I'll get you on there. We'll, they've been re-roofed, I'm sure, once or twice since. <laughs> well, today um, we're are very pleased to have Sarah Spink on as our guest. Uh, Sarah is currently CEO of the Liquid Roofing Roofing and Waterproofing Association, as well as chairperson uh, on the Institute of Roofing. So, Sarah, welcome. Thanks, John. Thank you, Andrew, for asking me. Okay. So I, I don't know, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you if you've had a chance to watch any of our previous ones, but <laughs> um, but what we do here is we invite people in from around the world um, that are in for promoting roofing, have been in a roofing career, have a passion. That's what this is about. We cover everything from the actual tradesperson that's out onto the roof, uh, doing some amazing things up to the people you know, working hard every single day promoting it. And I know you got a lot to tell us because you're involved in two great organizations over there in Great Britain. Yeah, where do we start, John? Where do you want to start? <laughs> Wherever you'd like to. If you want to start kind of in the beginning, give us a little background, how you got into the roofing industry and then take us up from there. That'd be great. Well, like most people that I know, I fell into roofing. It's, um, I, I'm a marketer by trade. Um, and I went to university, I did my, my marketing degree, um, I went into furniture to start with, so worked for a furniture manufacturer, um, but while I was at that manufacturer, I actually did a, a master's in international marketing at the same time, and I wanted to use my international marketing, and I saw a job advert for a local manufacturer who was a market leader in liquid waterproofing, Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that at the time. That wasn't the appeal. The appeal was that it was an international marketing manager role. And so I went, I, I didn't really care what the product was. I, I'd never considered construction. And, um, you know, I, I went to the interview and I loved I loved the company. Um, I loved the product. And honestly, it, it didn't occur to me ever to think, oh, I'll go into construction and I'm going to love that product. But what I found from being in that role was that um, it, oh, it's so much more fun having a technical product to, to market. Because in furniture, if somebody doesn't like the chair, you can't persuade them. You can't, you can't tell them about all the technology behind the chair they only care if it's comfortable or it looks good and it fits with their house that's it whereas if you look at roofing there is so much to it 
and you know there's always something new to learn there's always new technology coming along there's always changes to legislation and it's just a lot more exciting and the other thing that I found as well is that the majority of uh, products manufactured for, uh, for construction in this country are um, made here which furniture go back to that it was all getting farmed off to the far east there's very little furniture manufacturing in this country now and so I could see this industry disappearing and it was really depressing whereas I went to, I went to construction and it was full of young people who had lots of energy who were at the top of their game you know it was very technical sell there was so much to get excited about so I ended up in roofing by accident um, I started in the marketing side and traveled the world with my job I mean wow. went to you know, in my twenties, I was I was going to the Middle East a lot. So you know, Dubai, Qatar, um, Oman. Um, I've been to Saint Lucia with work. I've been to um, it, you know Italy with work. I've been to Spain, Switzerland. You know, I've been all over the place with work, and I didn't know anyone of my peer level that had that kind of career at that age, where you were traveling the world, and. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And, and eventually I went into the product side and I equally liked that in the sense of, so I'd gone from being a pure marketer, more about the comms side, to going into product management, which was all about the development of the products and understanding what customers want and working with R&D, technical applications to develop the products to then launch them into the marketplace. That was my job. and. Um, and it was great fun, and I stayed there for for twelve years, um, because because it was a, it was a great company. You could keep growing, and I loved it. But I well, started you, doing. Uh, well, that was, yeah, I just sorry. want to jump in on something you said. You're yeah. very interesting. How um, you're right. A lot of people in the industry didn't come out of school or out, out of even out of high school, uh, much less college, and say, "Wow, I'm going to jump right into the uh, construction and roofing industry." <laughs> yeah. But I know if you, if you ever saw the Godfather movie, there's a line in there that absolutely yes. changed our industry. Once you're in, you never get out. So yes, we're very they, they proud pull of that. you back in. It's that they pull you back in. You never leave, do you? And it's true. <laughs> and I use that myself. <laughs> yeah, because, and it's true. And that's the thing. And and the contacts that I made in that job, I've taken through my career. So so getting to know your customers, you know, maybe in Lake Como or wherever I was that because we took contractors away on on like a, a you know it was an incentive trick thing a lot of those relationships that you forge and you become friends and you get to know their other halves and things like that you know you take those with you and whenever you need anybody to help you do something you've got a whole bank of people that stay in the industry and will help you you've all grown up together as well which is lovely you know so so it's it's a great industry and what i would say as well is that so I went from um, the manufacturer side to getting involved in a voluntary way with the Liquid Roofing and Waterproofing Association because basically I was, I think I was at a point in my career where I wanted to challenge myself when I didn't have kids yet and I had extra, you know, time to, to get involved. And I took on the marketing committee for the LRWA in a very, um, in a very kind of um, voluntary way. And um, from that point on, the board was fab with me in the sense of they just they just let me do what, what I kind of fancied doing in the sense of I said, look, I think we should rebrand because we were called Elwa at the time, European Liquid Waterproofing Association. I was like, 
doesn't really make sense. We're not European. You know, everybody's based in the UK. And um, where's roofing in there when the majority of, you know, to me, it didn't make sense. I was like, well, how are roofing manufacturers or contractors going to know that this is the trade association for them? So we very early on rebranded. We relaunched the website. We did a we did a launch. Uh, we brought in a new level of membership and um, bringing in suppliers to the industry. And we we kind of re, we shifted the organisation um, and got it on the path to being what it is now. And then um, and then I became a director of the board after a certain point because I remember I'd, I'd kind of done. A little, you know, a few years on the marketing committee, and somebody left the board, and I said, "Am I? You've got to be a bit cheeky as well." And I said, "Am I too young and too female to be on the board?" Because like, you've got to ask, haven't you? Because you need to know if there's pro, you know, if there's issues there. I said, "Am I too young and too female to on the board?" And the board went, "No." I was like, "Oh, right, okay. Well, can I go on the board then?" And this is so. I think you've got to be a bit cheeky to to get on. But then um, after a while, the, we developed so much that we had reserves. We wanted to, to take on a CEO. And, um, and it was someone else that said to me, you should go for that. Um, you know, you'd be perfect for that. And I wasn't thinking of myself in that at all. But I kind of thought, mm, OK, well, I think I could make a difference here. Um, and so, yeah, I put my hat in the ring, got interviewed, and yes, so that's where we are today. That's um, great. I did have a chance to uh, uh, spend a little time uh, researching on the website for your for the association, and uh, I love the training aspect that's on there, and you know the certifications and all the different things that you have to offer. Um, it really looks like um, uh, I, I don't know where it was in the early days, but it certainly looks like it's moving in a wonderful direction right now. Well, liquids aren't new. That's what people totally misunderstand. Mm-hmm. So the trade association started in 1979. So, you know, it started off the bitum- as the bituminous roof coatings manufacturers association. And because of all the different chemistries that have come into liquids, it's evolved. So I now cover, it's gone from being one type of liquid to actually covering 10 different chemistries. Sure. So it's evolved massively. When the association started, we didn't have NVQs. We didn't have training. It wasn't recognised. I even remember the days. So I started at the manufacturing in 2006. I remember the days when contractors wouldn't use liquids. So roofing contractors, I mean by this. Yep. So they were felters and they didn't see it. They were just like, no, I don't, no I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. And so the early roofing contractors, um, sorry, the early contractors that worked with the, the liquid manufacturers, they weren't roofers. They were industrial coaters. I remember that. It wasn't that long ago. And so liquids have come a massive way to to being adopted as one of the the key disciplines now of flat roofing. So it's the fastest growing part of the flat roofing market. And, you know, the sales force I worked with at the time at at the manufacturer where I came from, they they were definitely at the top of their game. And that was what was quite exciting being in the marketing team as well, because obviously you work hand in hand. And you know, there were the early the early manufacturers for liquids. They changed they changed specifiers' views of liquids to the point where because they were selling it on, um, you know, uh, cold applied. Um, so you you were selling that. There's no flame attached to it, the application of it, and there were lots of campaigns around that. And 
specifiers jumped on that. They liked that. So roofing contractors then didn't have a choice. They had to adopt it. And so it's quite interesting because I meet people from Germany and America and they talk to me about their markets and it's not been adopted in the same way as the UK. In the UK, a liquid, a good liquid salesperson, technical salesperson would want the whole roof. They don't want just the detailing around the edge. That's, right. that's what I find quite interesting. You go abroad and liquids are still, they'll use a single plier or they'll use a felt and then they use the liquid on the difficult details. And a, a liquid technical salesperson would go and say, well, why aren't you doing the whole roof in it? That's crazy. You know, why, why are you doing this hybrid system? It's strange. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's the same way, like you say, America is, is, is that way. But, you know, it's, it's interesting how you uh, brought up you know the early days in that and you're correct same thing over here you, you was it was either industrial coders or all paint painting contractors were the first to get into doing a lot of it now my career i started out in the northeast so having new york city right in my backyard because i was on the opposite side of the hudson yeah. on the jersey side i actually did some of the early you know multi-part urethanes in new york city because it was too hard to get kettles on the building anymore. Exactly. It was the fire they, side. They adapted early. Correct. Yeah. So, but you're right. Back then it was like pulling teeth to get roofing contractors interested in doing that. So, and, and I do think even today in the United States and around the world, that has become a lot more mainstream. It's a discipline within the contractors that they're getting more open to, more used to realizing that if you take some time, you do need to train a crew to do it. There's no doubt about it. You can't just switch back and forth. You really yeah. need to dedicate and do it correctly. You agree? It, that, that's the difference. It's So with a liquid, you are manufacturing the membrane on the roof. So a felt, it comes out of a, a factory and it comes off a production line and it'll be the same thickness every time. Um, a liquid, it's more on the application. And that was what really was the difference as well, I think, in the UK. They understood the importance of the quality assurance side of the application. You've got to have ex-roofers as your inspectors going on and checking that the wet film, uh, film thickness, the dry film thickness is what it should be to be able to get your guarantee. And that is the massive change, step change in the market that happened. So I think, I think a model that was very... Um, was very common in, for example, the felt manufacturing side where you had ex-roofers, you know, signing off jobs, suddenly got brought into the liquid side. Clients loved it because, you know, you were giving them all the um, confidence that the product's going to be put down properly, the manufacturer's taking ownership of it, they're taking, you know, they're, they're, they're guaranteeing the full system. And the UK is very into guarantees. Anybody, we're a strange little island. You know, it's, we are different to other places that I found, you know, and, and, um, and yeah, we, the, the, the clients want you, the manufacturers to take a lot more ownership of working with the contractors. And, and we, we invented something that it was already here, but that it's like a single point guarantee where they've not got guarantees, one with the contractor, one for the product, one for the insulation, one for they would sell a system. And that was a massive change. So... I just, I'm very proud of our, our sector and how far we've come. And, um, and it'll continue as well, because I think the way that the UK market is developing with regards to, obviously, there's been a lot of issues. Um, a lot of my time is spent dealing with the fallout from Grenfell, working on different um, working groups, 
uh, within because you've all got to work together as trade associations to try and develop the best practice for the future. And so um, liquids being the way they are, um, roofing taking ownership the way they are of the application and the installation will only work in our favour in the brave new world that we're building. Um, because there are other sectors of construction, which I didn't appreciate, where cladding being one of them, where it's just a product that's sold to an installer. There's no training for it. You know, and then you expect it to be installed correctly. Who's checking off the installation? Who's taking roofing's not in that position? We're not, you know, we've already got systems training all through the hard work of the people that come before, you know. So, so I think we're in a good position for the future. A lot of my work again is, is around competency, hence why I wanted to be so involved in the IOR because, um. Again, we're building this brave new world. The Building um, Safety Act came out last week, um, a uh, week before last. It's gone through Parliament now. Um, so you've got, you've got to prove that you're competent to do the job you're doing. And it's not just installers. Installers have always been, always been pretty well looked after. You know, they've got MVQs and things like that. What about the people who work for the manufacturers who are building the specifications? What about the people who are marketing the products? What about the people who are selling the products? Well, you know, there's so many people down the chain, procurement managers. Do they realise that when they're switching that spec to a cheaper product, that it might affect the fire rating? <laughs> are they, because it's all right, but a lot of my job at the previous manufacturer was getting the system tested so that you knew how it performed in a fire situation. So you taking ownership from a guarantee point of view for the full system made sense because you tested it as a full system. You knew how it performed. A lot of these other sectors in construction, they're selling bits and they've no idea how it performs. So there's a lot of things coming through that, um, like I say, there's, there's, we're all going to have to work together to get frameworks in place to prove that we're competent to do the jobs we're doing. And Institute of Roofing, for example, is a big part of that because somebody has to help map. It might not be developing the actual physical training because obviously the, the specialisms can, can cover their own areas, but we need to do the piece of mapping across the industry what, where the gaps are, and there are gaps. So roofing's in a pretty good position um, compared to some other areas, but equally there are gaps. So, so we need to do that piece, and that's the bit that it's going to take some doing, but we've got to do it. It's it's coming yeah. down the line. We don't have a choice. It's coming down the line anyway. So we're at a very pivotal point for UK roofing. Um, I don't know how that's how that's going around the world, but I mean, oh god, they always say it takes some horrendous disaster to change things and it it was needed as in as in the change um, yeah so well, you are correct yeah. about the ior they do a wonderful job i know you know same as andrew I'm a, I'm a proud member as well um of the institute and i love how the training is laid. i think they have a great map out of, for the career of uh for the roofing contractor for the roofer and I think you're almost a, a, a shining light for the world, honestly, because the way a lot of places don't have that. Yes, you know, I'm involved in the IFD as well, 
and I sit on some committees there, and they definitely have some great training throughout Europe. There's no doubt about it. Here in the United States, we are still fighting the same training battle we've been fighting for. I mean, I'm for almost five decades coming up in the industry, and it's the same battle we fought when I first came in. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we're so vast, um, and we got really a it turned around into the uh, open roofing, like just bigger, better, faster, you know, whole thing. And that's the way companies yeah. operate. But I'm starting to see the swing on it. And I think part of the issue is too, and I know you must face it over there as well, labor shortage. There, there's just not the people coming in. And I know one thing that I always bring up when I speak around the country, different things. And sometimes I get, you know, eyeballs back at me and some people understand where I'm going with this is robotics is going to be part of our future. We can either embrace it and own it, or we're going to get run over by it. So, you know, it, it's going to replace part of the workforce at some point in time, but we're much better off as an industry if we embrace that and we control the path of the future robotics. And again, it could be decades away. It could be five years away. I think it's sooner than later. But again, we're going to have to have trained people to deal with that. So training's always going to be a very important sector, regardless where the future of our industry goes. Yeah. That's my thoughts anyways. Yeah, it's it's our job to develop the training for the future, for our needs. And it's, oh, it's hard work. It's really hard work. So we have, in this country, uh, everybody pays a levy. The contractors pay a levy to uh, uh, the Construction Industry Training Board. So we're very fortunate to have a pot of money that contractors mm -hmm. can use to get their workforce trained. Right, so it's there. It's there waiting. All Our course is to get people qualified, installers qualified to an MVQ level two in liquids. It, they're funded. We have places funded. Can I fill them? Can I help? And this is the, the other thing that goes against you. That So because roofing contractors are so busy and, you know, when the weather's good, they have to be working. Yeah. It, you, you, this culture is, is it's wrong, but it's, they, they, they can't afford the staff to, go, to be training, sure. basically. And it's a nightmare. <laughs> so I'm saying competence you know, has to be proven moving forward. Everybody will have to prove it, not just installers, you know, but honestly, it's it's a nightmare getting um, engagement from roofing contractors to, to actually get the qualifications they sure. need. We're constantly battling that. Um, no, that's some interesting thoughts for sure. And you're correct. It's, it's going to be a battle, always going to be a battle. Yeah. And so, you know, when you talked about getting people into the industry, it's difficult. I mean, everybody always talks about the installer level. Um, but I think I still don't think we pitch it right. Keep in mind, I'm a marketer. My brain just works like this. I can't help it. But I don't I don't think we pitch it right is the truth. I've said this a few times because so I started in the manufacturing side. Manufacturing apparently isn't considered to be in construction, which I'm staggered at, by the way. I got told that. I, well, well, manufacturing has nothing to do with construction. I'm sort thinking, what? Well, I feel like I'm in construction. We're doing roofing specifications every day of the week. You know, you, you're selling the products that are being used. Why, why are we not in? No, you're in manufacturing. What? But uh, the amount of people I've worked with who started in manufacturing, then found out they could make more money in contracting, and then went into contracting. And I've known contractors go the other way as well. 
um, yep. because quite literally they're you know they might be a bit fed up with being on you know on the tools or whatever and they quite fancy going into the manufacturing side and might go into the technical side i've also known building surveyors join roofing contractors and so you've got a lot of crossover so this whole pitch it to you know a child that construction is literally you're sat on the roof doing the roof i still think is wrong because there are so many different roles i haven't ever sat on a roof being a roofer but i feel like i'm in roofing mm-hmm. you know so you, you just have to, you're pitching it completely wrong there are so many opportunities and so many opportunities you've, you've got the energy and you want to do well and um, you know and you can switch and when as you've already said you know once you're in it you don't get out of it it's just, it's just one of those yeah, exactly. so many so many roles isn't there you know, and, and you don't have to retire either if you don't want to. I know I've got so many friends who are ex-colleagues who, you know, want to do a little bit with the trade associations, they might become a roofing consultant. So it's just, I just think it's the best industry ever. But we don't pitch it right because it's always, I did a, I did a, it was a construction ambassadors um, thing at my, pri- uh, my high school, sorry. And the amount of people, as in, they don't want to pay for the tuition fees at the moment because they're so expensive in the UK. I don't know why I'm saying this to an American because I think the worst in America. <laughs> but in the UK, tuition fees have gone high for us. You know, it's, we're not used to that level. And so a lot of parents were saying, well, I want them, I want my child to, to look at apprenticeships because they've, they've redone them in England to be higher degree apprenticeships as well as you kind of more um more kind of hands-on apprenticeships so you can now go and learn how to be like a building surveyor via an apprenticeship and that's really refreshing that you've got options now to talk to parents about so they they might have a son or a daughter and they come up to you say they're brilliant at maths they're brilliant at science um what are the options and at that point which was only about four years ago you were sat there going well is architect is that it is that it? Something like that? Architect, building space? Whereas there's so many more options. There's there's loads of options. And we just need to get our, our kind of marketing pitch right, I think, is, is my... Uh, don't just put it down to, well, you're going to go and be a brickie over there. That's the only option. Because it, we they always talk about the practical side. Well, and I just it, want the... There's there so many so options. Like, yeah. right I have two teenage sons. One's halfway through his A-levels. And the other ones in year 10 so just come up to his GCSEs but neither of them want to go to university that's not on the radar for them because they've all said I don't want to be educated and come out with 40,000 pounds worth of debt exactly so the oldest one wants to get a technical um, apprenticeship somewhere um Harry my youngest he spoke to me yesterday he said in the roofing industry what could I do that involves maths because I'm quite good at maths I was like well estimate it you know and it, it's the roofing industry there are so many different parts of it you know we've spoken before I've come from an architectural background um I was an architectural technologist literally like yourself fell into roofing um, yeah. doing the tapered schemes and I've sort of bumbled along but still stayed within the industry um so my career has taken lots of different paths but never at any point when I was at that age did I think oh I'm going to be a building surveyor I'd never thought I'd be an architect that was you know just a complete fluke um, but opportunities come their way and I think we try and focus people too early to a career and yes. if we can just say that the roofing industry has all these different options at least consider it 
yeah. uh, and, that, and that's part of you know that's one of the four things i'm trying to do with the website is in a way I, we need to show them what can be done in the roofing industry so if they can go onto the platform and look at wow that's an amazing roof made out of bamboo in indonesia or you know this is a pretty cool liquid felt roof on a hotel in manchester it won an award you know th those are the things that if you give an opportunity to see it and ex be exposed to it it just gets them gets their thoughts going a little bit because what do most of them want to do they want to be a football player they want to be a you know influencer yeah, influencer what is that about <laughs> you know but it, they, they want to be what they're involved in or what they see on social media and what they spend their time doing now i'm not saying that all the kids are going to be spending hours looking at roofmapping.com but it gives them gives them an option to look it at or training people to you know i was talking to denise cherry and she said this would be great to show the students to give them something a reference to look at what's being done and what they could be involved with and I think that's what that's what's exciting for me with the project yeah. and, and the future as well, because there's so much good work being done out there with lots of different materials. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the installation, I, I never really appreciated it until I saw people laying roof felt and laying liquids. And I thought, actually, that's that's an amazing skill because I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, I look out <laughs> with jealousy and think, how on earth do you manage to, to do that and make it look so good? But you know, then that's what, that's why they're skilled. They're, they're not labourers. You know, these are skilled individuals who have, you know, have worked at it and put their heart and soul into it and can do good work. And that's what we need to continue to promote, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, the, the bit they never say to the to the roofers, to the young roofers, is that it's still your best chance, I believe, of owning your own business by the time you're thirty and being debt free and having your own house because if you think about it, if you're good at that job and you 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 know you might uh, you learn your skill and then you subbing and then you start your own firm which a lot of the liquid guys do you know they start off as the best subbies in the business do, that do work for everyone and then they set up their own contracting firm i mean it always used to be the joke at the manufacturer that i i worked at that you knew when the roofers were in because you'd see the Lamborghinis in the car park. <laughs> you know, it was never, you know, because it was a manufacturer that did flooring, it did all these other areas, never had the cars that roofing did. And so I've never met a poor roofer. So if you want a really good lifestyle, you know, and, and, and to own your own business, and a lot of the people I've, I've dealt with over the years, you know, they are self-made people. You know, so why don't we talk to kids about that? I don't get it. I don't get this whole, you start on a roof, you end on a roof and, and that's it. It's for the dropout kids. It's not for the dropout kids. It's for the kids that aren't afraid of getting up and being disciplined that, you know, are, are, they've got to have more about it because they've got to deal with clients as well. So I, I did judging for Apprentice of the Year. So at BMI, run Apprentice of the Year and it's a brilliant competition. I did the judging for that this year for the flat roof category. And um, it was so lovely meeting, because I don't always meet kind of like 17, 18, 19 year old applicators. Yeah. And they had to do, it was more than just being good at roofing. They had to do presentations to us on like a business plan and things like that. Yeah. And, and be able to uh, sell back to us what the technology was. And some of them were trying to sell liquids to me, which is a bit hard, hard anyway, you know, trying to sell the benefits of liquids back to me and they, they didn't do liquids they were felters oh, okay. and so that was quite an interesting exercise as well but it was 
when when we were talking to them because the judges were all from roofing and we're all varied backgrounds we're all trying to say to them you can make this what you want this is just the start you know and if they have the confidence to to take their skills and add to it with the the business side the, the sky's the limit but no one ever talks like that with the kids they, yeah. they don't seem to anyway that's just my little criticism there <laughs> Well, with your uh, strong marketing background, um, it sounds like you're willing to take this challenge on. So uh, <laughs> wait to see where uh, where you take it in the next 12 months. But you're correct; we don't we don't properly market out to the availability of the of the workforce, or not just for putting the roofs on, but for everything else. We, we are a little better at that here. We do when we do recruit, we do look as manufacturers, vendors, and roofers as the same industry. Um, yeah. Because we're competing against the same people. So, you know, if you can at least get them into the funnel, if manufacturers are filled up, well, then that means the overflow will go to someone else into trades. So, you know what I mean? You got to look at it in a big picture, which is interesting. So we've had a good, uh, a good session today. I definitely um, would absolutely love to have you back on in the future to kind of recap back through this because we covered a lot today and I know probably... <laughs> The people are going to be listening to this one twice because there's a lot there, but fantastic. So, Sarah, is there anything that we didn't get out there today that you'd like to say in closing? No, no, not at all. I I, I covered the main things that our, our industry is, is facing. I mean, there's loads. There's legislation. There's obviously price inflation, but that's affecting everybody. There's so many issues to go at at the moment. But um, I think the key to it all is collaborating. Um, working together, getting all the best brains together and finding a way through. And we will, because we do have some exceptional people in this industry. So just wanted to leave that on a positive note. Good. Andrew, anything in closing? No, no, I've just really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you. It's good to, to learn about other people's roots and how they get stuck in the industry. <laughs> but, you know, Sarah, continue to do what you're doing. It's great to see you, you know, getting so involved. Um you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more involved with the Institute as well. So maybe our paths will cross on that front. But yeah, I think, you know, between us all, let's just you know keep promoting the industry. And let, you know, I know there's all sorts of different phrases, but yeah, let's make roofing sexy again. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, it can be. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just great. I love it. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah. So. yeah. Sounds good. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And uh, we will catch you on our next month's episode. And thank you again for joining, Andrew. Always great to uh, co-host with you. Okay. Before we see what goes up on roofmapping.com next. And Sarah, it was great having you today. A fantastic uh, um, uh, speech and talk to us and, and a lot of information. And um, love your career. Keep up doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you all. Cheers, mate.